Skinamarink is an experimental, low-budget horror film about two young children trapped in a house with a supernatural force. The movie stands out immediately for its unique visual style, but let's take a look and see what else it has to offer. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tim. Oh, hello there. <laughs> hi, you, hi. You, I mean, if you're watching the video version, you'll see we're having a little <laughs> bit of fun with the uh, the setup here to match the movie we're about to talk about. Uh, if you listen to the audio version, you don't mm -hmm. care. You, you can't see anything. <laughs> it's just business as usual for you. Listen, you're missing out if you're not watching it, because what other you know, film review podcast would put in this 5% amount of effort. <laughs> I, I moved a few sliders around. That was basically all I did. <laughs> but yes, welcome. This is a horror movie podcast. We get together and we talk about a horror movie we watched. And by the time you get this episode, this will be months out of date. But let it be known that when we're recording this, this is a new release on Shudder. Uh, we're here today to talk about Skinamarink, which is... Mm -hmm. An experimental indie art house horror film that was getting some buzz online over the last couple of months at a very small theater release. And you left out a key word there: Canadian uh, horror film. Oh, it's Canuck exploitation. I didn't even realize. Yes. Oh, very good. Uh, so, I mean, when you watch the movie, you, you kind of quickly realize this could only come from the sick mind of a Canadian. <laughs> I don't know. I, I tend to find Canadians to be quite friendly and charming. Then you haven't met anyone from the the real Canada. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So yeah, no, this has a budget of fifteen thousand Canadian dollars, which is not a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you know, that's yeah. basically nothing for a movie. So, uh, su super super <coughs> indie, super art house, and uh, honestly, it feels weird to even try and give a premise for it in the spoiler free section because. Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like I, I obviously I, I you know we watched the movie i've got thoughts mm -hmm. about what it is but like other than the fact that describing just that it's a lot of uh you know scenes in darkness it's a lot of seemingly just following two kids who are in a house on their own and their parents are missing like beyond that like i, I don't know what, what to describe here for the premise i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> it's you know it's kind of a puzzle you know there's definitely some influences from abstract filmmakers and stuff like that which is needless to say this is not going to work for everyone before we even get to how we felt about it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like i knew going in this was the sort of movie that's going to you know some people are going to hate it some people are going to to love it uh, i'm surprised that it's not uh from antarctica because man this was polarizing <laughs> i can't even see your face tim but i know that you've got a smug <laughs> smile on your face right now I could sense it. <laughs> I was joking before we started that Tim looks like he's on like a like a documentary where they're interviewing like a victim of a crime, but they, they can't reveal their identity, so he's just like in silhouette. Uh, yeah, I murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> I said you were the victim, Tim. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, that's blown, cut that last part out. <laughs> that's blown this case wide home. <laughs> This is only the second episode of a seven-part Netflix series, so oh, oh we'll my. see where, where it goes from there. So, yeah. So we'll get into, obviously, we'll start spoiling. You know what I don't understand oh. is, like, um, what was it? Uh, what was, uh, 
so, so glad you interrupted me. Right. Sit there uh, and oh, not yeah, know yeah, what you're yeah. going to say for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was Exorcist 3 that we just watched where, like, you know, they were... They, they left out, like, some, like, parts of the cases because they didn't want people, like, coming in and claiming, you know, that they were the killer and stuff. So they would, you know, leave out specific things so they could... Ah, you know, yes, yes, yes. But, like, like, I don't know, do people actually do that? Like, who, like, who's, like, uh, you know, I'm going to take the rap <laughs> for this serial killer. Like, uh, uh, like I get there's probably people that want to seek fame and stuff, but then also it's, like, but, you know, like, with that can be, like, a prison sentence and life in jail and stuff. Like, is it worth it? I mean, it's, uh, I, don't, I mean, it's just nut jobs who want to take credit. <laughs> they want the infamy for some reason. I, I, I mean, it's stupid. But like that's just how it is, I guess. So, um, but hey, cool. Um, <laughs> glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. So all I was trying to say to him before was that we're starting spoiler free, and we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. So I'm just trying to get that public service announcement out of the way. Shortest spoiler free section and <laughs> any review. Yeah, I can't say it's going to last very long beyond just our general impressions, but we'll see how it well, goes. Well, honest, honestly, I was trying to think. I was like, this will. This could potentially be either the shortest episode we've ever done or the longest. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's uh, interesting. Uh, we'll see where it, I, I, we're not going to hit two hours and forty minutes like Halloween kills. Tim, come on. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 there's not a chance in hell we're hitting that. <laughs> so yeah, directed by Kelly Edward Ball. Uh, I've set it up as best I can without getting into spoilers. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'll just ask Tim the. The question that everyone's wondering is, Tim, what did you think of Skinnamarink? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, why don't we come back to me? Why don't, why don't you? <laughs> well, uh, how about you tell me how you felt about it? <laughs> well, I'll simplify the question because maybe that was too open uh, to, to consider, like actually having thoughts. So, did you like the experience of watching Skinnamarink? Maybe that's a better question to start with. <laughs> um, geez, yeah, it, it's it, it's really tough because there's a lot of things that I, I do generally really like about it that I think are really awesome. Uh, and there's stuff that I kind of want to, like, champion and, you know, express gratitude for. Like, yeah, I love that this is, like, like you said, it's like an indie experimental movie that, was made for nothing and it's awesome that it you know actually got a theatrical release and you actually made like you know <laughs> quite a bit of money like not a, like not like a ton but i think it's over like the million mark which you know considering its budget is like you know pretty dope uh and the fact that it's you know on shutter and you know people are talking about that's awesome and like you know, i love championing these small like indie you know out of nowhere movies um and i i think the film is uh you know, it, there are parts that are quite unsettling. There are parts that, as a horror fan, I thought were really cool and interesting. I love the look of it. Um, that, that being said, though, I I don't know. I, I don't think I necessarily enjoyed my first experience watching it. Uh, I, I say first because I feel like um, this is something I, I do want to try to go back and, you know, after, like, talking about it with people and, like, you know, looking up like some stuff about it. Like I, I'm curious to see uh, how it might play on, on a second viewing, but uh, it, it was kind of hard <laughs> getting through this first viewing. Uh, I mean, part of it was I, I wasn't really watching it in ideal circumstances. I started like late on Saturday night 
uh, after a pretty long uh, session of God of War, I kept saying like, all right, as soon as I beat this quest, I'll, I'll start watching it. And then um, the quest was a lot longer than I thought, but hey, it was pretty cool. And I got to fight this like big grandma, <laughs> which was fun. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know what part of the game you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I started late on a, a Saturday, which I actually thought was going to be kind of cool because of the like I heard like, you know, the movie's like very like weird and freaky and that, you know, like some people say like, oh yeah, like it's actually like really effective if you watch it like alone in the dark late at night on laptop with headphones and that kind of thing that I was like, okay, yeah, that could be interesting. But then unfortunately I was so tired uh, that I, I couldn't make it through. So then I had to pick it up the next uh, day, um, which, you know, I don't think is, I don't, know, I don't think is necessarily the ideal way <laughs> uh, to watch this movie, but um yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Again, there's a lot of uh, very cool, interesting things about it, but then there's also a lot of stuff that, like, I don't kind of drove me crazy watching it, which I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that for now because, you know, there's a lot of stuff to get into uh, about it. But yeah, uh, I'll, sit, I'll have that as my initial uh, response to your query. <laughs> to my query. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad this exists. I'm glad that it's got a platform and that people are seeing it. But I'm not entirely sure all of it worked for me. I kind of agree that there are specific moments, the specific shots or scenes that are exceptional, and I love what it's doing in those moments. But it's that sort of thing where it might be just too experimental for its own good, where yeah. in between those, those major moments that I really liked, there was a lot of just watching car a corner of a room uh and there barely been you know there's maybe the sound of a cartoon playing in the tv in the background and it'll do that mm -hmm. for extended periods of time in between the major moments happening and every mm -hmm. time i went back to that i just kind of there was like almost like a sigh as the movie went on i'm like okay we're back to doing this then for another yeah. couple minutes uh waiting for the next thing to to happen and mm -hmm. i felt bad thinking that because like i really wanted to love this movie because i love the I don't know, they, they almost, you know, I think one of the influences that's been cited for it is, is David Lynch, and I can definitely feel yeah, some totally. of that. That I it, heard, like, a racer head being thrown around a lot before, mm, like, watching the movie. I can definitely feel that sort of, like, unreal dread and, like, that kind of, like, ethereal stuff that we just can't understand. It's so horrific that we can't comprehend. Mm -hmm. And there was also, like, you know, like, so there's a, the literal read of the film, and then there's the, okay, what's the movie really about idea? And, you know, mm -hmm. I was having some thoughts, especially early on, about what the movie was kind of really saying something about beyond just being this terrifying kind of, like, idea and, uh, like, you know, just a supernatural presentation of a horror movie where these kids are in danger. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think there's some interesting things to talk about. And there's, like I said, there's some fantastic scenes. And I love the feel and the aesthetic that it's going for. But it's so aggressive with never showing anything resembling a normal movie <laughs> that, <Yeah. laughs> that at times it's like okay you're actually a detriment now to the movie that we're i've been looking at the corner of this couch for like two minutes without yeah. anything really happening um mm -hmm. it just it's too much and you know the movie's like an hour and 40 minutes and i almost do wonder like do a lot of my problems get fixed if you just cut it down by like 20 minutes and just tighten That's up what I was thinking. A, a lot of these sections in between the big moments I get that you have to have some of it to build the atmosphere, but, yeah. you know, and I, I think it even starts kind of in a poor way in that you go maybe 10 minutes before you get something concrete that feels like the start of a story, 
you know, you, yeah. you get a lot of abstract stuff for like 10 minutes before you really get something you can kind of cling to and say, okay, this is some context for what's maybe actually going on now. And then mm-hmm. from there, you start to have something you can kind of understand, you can kind of follow along as you're watching the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm kind of in a similar vein. Like, I, I wanted to love it. I appreciate that it exists. I'm glad that it exists. And I'm glad for all the, the weird experimentation that goes on in it. But I think... Mm-hmm large chunks of it are very frustrating to watch and mm-hmm. you know dare i say kind of boring uh which is the yeah. the sad part and uh and the problem is, is if you find yourself feeling that way is that it takes you out of the mood that the film's trying to keep you in and i think it, yeah. it hinders even the better moments which are good like there's moments in here that are great on their own and mm-hmm. you know there's, there's a scene in the middle in a bedroom that i think stands out and that most people will probably say is that one of the best scenes in the movie i think the final shot is excellent and is exactly maybe the way it should have ended which is great mm-hmm. but yeah there's just a lot of stuff in between the, the the moments that that i liked so yeah <clears throat> and like what's kind of funny is i like earlier today i went on wikipedia just to kind of like, look at the summary to see, like, if there's maybe something that I missed, because, I don't know, I feel like, there's like, yeah, I feel like there was stuff that I got, but, I mean, Lord knows that I, I could have easily overlooked something mm. or whatever. Um, and, like, I, as I was looking at the summary, like, it, it's very straightforward, you know? It's like, all right, this happens, and this happens, and then that happens. And, like, as I'm reading it, it, it like, made me kind of... It was it was almost like a, a much better experience than watching the movie because I was like, oh yeah, like because you know it's just talking about like the you know the major like parts of the movie where stuff happens. So it's like, oh yeah, that part was cool, and oh yeah, that part was cool, and oh yeah, that part was creepy. Um, but like you're saying, like you're getting all like the best bits without the you know five minutes of just watching a wall or a pile of toys for like you know minutes straight with like no sound or muffled sound or like you know a, a voice you can't hear or something like that uh so yeah uh you know i it, it's like you said I, I hate to complain about it because you know it sounds like you're being like oh it's too artsy like why don't they just make it you know easier to, or whatever but um I, I like the way you put it that it is in a way it is almost like to its detriment where it's like yeah you're getting in your own way a little bit um I do agree though. Like, if you tighten it up, like, you know, just you know, because I I don't think that you should, you know, get rid of like those, you know, maybe more like those kind of static shots, uh, because that does, like, that is kind of like the setup and the atmosphere of the movie and stuff. Like, so I think it's fine to have it, just have less of it. Like, especially for a movie that's an hour forty, like, yeah, you could easily shorten like some of that stuff and yeah, get it down to like an eighty-ish something minute movie i think it'd work a lot better um, yeah i, I think but it's that a would shame because yeah the parts at work are really cool like <laughs> yeah and it's, it's funny because obviously you know i went in wanting an art house horror movie i was going in wanting this experimental movie and it's oh, just yeah, i didn't <laughs> you didn't think like oh this is gonna be the next uh smile <laughs> or yeah, something exactly. like, <laughs> like I, I wanted it to be this challenging kind of like film that was was playing with expectations and playing with how you make a movie and doing it with these like interesting limitations but it just it goes a little bit too far and i think one of the things that i think david lynch like deserves so much praise for to compare that to his work a little bit is that yeah david lynch is weird and he does a lot of weird things <laughs> but everything feels so pinpoint and like 
Like, I don't think I've ever, in any David Lynch movie or TV show, where he's the one who's the creative force behind it, right? So when I say that, I mean, that, you know, I'm not counting like the middle of season two of Twin Peaks because he wasn't there for that. I don't think I've ever felt myself getting bored or frustrated with what he's doing, even though he's doing weird, weird things or he's doing something where mm-hmm. he's testing the audience's like patience almost with a scene. I know, ne- like, there's always just everything's just so pinpoint with how he actually like ha- has got the audience's attention. Now, some people don't like David Lynch and they think all of it's nonsense, and it's never sure. going to please them. But as someone who gets into his worlds and into his like kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. all of it works whereas with this i was trying like so hard to get into like, the, <laughs> the movie and it was capturing me for these specific moments and then it was losing me um and that was you know and it felt like you know like obviously i think people may compare it to pt uh the oh know, yeah the, yeah i was thinking like it definitely gave me some like survival horror vibes to yeah things of that nature well i think specifically pt because that that sort of has this kind of same tone the analog static mm-hmm. sounds and the idea that something's went on with this family and it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's got this, what's the word I'm looking for? Not omnipotent. Uh, this very ethereal horror, this like <laughs> dread mixed with ethereal horror that uh, something really bad, because you almost get the feeling when you watch this that like, there's no chance of anyone living. There's no chance of like this having a happy ending. And that's not spoiling what happens in the movie. I'm just saying what it felt like from the start. It felt yeah. like we were watching kind of like the, like the almost like the voyeuristic kind of like look at what's happened to some family because some forces like mm-hmm. interfered with them, right? And there was never a chance of them getting out of it because the bad things already happened. And that's kind of what you feel in PTs. You're kind of learning that there's mm-hmm. something bad really happened to whoever this person is that you're you're playing as. And it's... Uh, and if people don't know what PT is, PT was like a short game that was meant to be a, a lead-in to a new Silent Hill game that unfortunately got mm-hmm. cancelled. But uh, it got a lot of buzz when it came out because it was really experimental and it was really dread-filled and all that. And I think some of the emotions that it was kind of evoking and some of the, the feelings that it was evoking, uh, I was reminded of it watching yeah. skinema rink i think like especially just like yeah the feeling of like being trapped and being in like a you know feels very otherworldly like mm. <clears throat> it doesn't feel like you're just in a normal house where you could just step outside and you know uh <laughs> be okay yeah absolutely uh th- th- that's definitely there and that was a big part of pt is that you're trying to just escape the house uh and Obviously, it's not as abstract as this because it's a video game and you're playing it, but like it's abstract in the sense that you know, things are repeating. You're hearing these audio bits over the news and these little hints. This felt like it was that taken to like the extreme where it's so. And you know, part of it's maybe that you were seeing this through the fear, the the, the very scary lens of a child who's scared, right? And mm-hmm. all of it's kind of that. And you know, and I was sort of reading into it as well in my head. I was thinking about well obviously there's a supernatural stuff going on and this is what the movie literally is but i was thinking does this represent something does, does this represent just the fear of something that happens to a child it's not actually mm-hmm. a, a like a supernatural horror thing in real life but it's just is this the fear of your parents abandoning you is this the fear True. of you know like a parent dying or something like that and that's mm-hmm. what this whole movie represents is kind of that the dread of that happening to you um and this is just kind of the, the child's imagination like sort of coming like you know that's what the movie really is is just the kids imagination sort of filling it in and i'm not saying it necessarily as uh, that i just someone better tell that kid to talk to a psychiatrist <laughs> <laughs> what you mean uh skin of my shrink oh very nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah i'm very frustrated because i wanted to love this <laughs> and i still respect it more than a lot of you know like i'll i'll, I'll 
respect this way more than than you know you brought up smile or or truth or day or or any mediocre yeah, yeah. mainstream horror movie like I, I will say that i'm glad this exists way more than any of them uh but totally yeah it's definitely I'm a rougher much, watch yeah I, i'm as much yeah happier to you know um i don't want to say like waste my time but like yeah like spend my time watching this than yeah just like some generic thing that just don't really have any like love or passion you know put into it like i mean say what you want but clearly you know uh mr ball uh you know <laughs> made the movie he wanted to make like you know he, he was clear, clearly uh, very passionate um and yeah like i like i heard some things that he is uh i think you know he's very into i think like dreams and nightmares and i, I think before this he was making shorts like he would ask people online like what some of their most like you know uh the scariest or most like uh vivid recurring nightmares were and he would like make these shorts kind of based on these nightmares which yeah, you can totally understand that uh when you watch this like it feels like a like <laughs> like a, just a, a very very long nightmare that like you can't escape so yeah i mean kudos uh to that and to trying to do something different but uh yeah it's everything about it sounds so much better than the actual act of watching it it's just <laughs> like uh, it's it's so frustrating to say um because watching it it is <laughs> like it is a chore uh and yeah but when you sit back and actually talk about it you talk about like yeah the style and what it's doing and some of the specific scenes like all of that sounds really cool but uh yeah but it's just i think it's just a case of a balance of like finding the thing that also works as a piece of entertainment to you know yeah. as well as all these things you're doing and i i'm someone who loves art house cinema i'm someone who loves a nice long <laughs> shot but you know if i was to compare it to something like a not not a horror director but bella tar who's this uh, filmmaker who's known for these like really long takes and stuff like that <laughs> and i i've seen a few of his movies and i really love them and i've shown at least one to connor and he wasn't that into it he thought it was too long and slow and boring and i hey, loved what it. Movie was it uh the man from london was the one that i showed him Okay, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, he's also directed uh, Werkmeister Harmonies, which I really liked, uh, and The mm-hmm. Touring Horse, uh, amongst others. He's got like a seven-hour long movie that I've not watched yet. It's, it's been on my to-do <laughs> list for years, but obviously it's seven hours long, so I keep, I keep putting that yeah. off. But, um, but the difference is though is that his long shots, like you know, they're, they're long kind of like you know shots where it'll like move around the scene or it'll go from one side of the room to the other and it'll tell a story in the shot. And it'll always feel like there's stuff in the scene. Whereas in this movie, you're looking at the corner of a doorframe for three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's not really yeah. anything happening. And it's just, it was like soaking the atmosphere. I'm like, okay, I'm done soaking in, though. Like, it's time to <laughs> time to maybe give me a little tease of what's going on. Exactly. Uh, so, like, so I, I, in many ways, I am the target, like, audience mm-hmm. for this. And I know some people have, like, have been really into it. It got a lot of buzz. It had kind of an sure. unfortunate thing where... It actually leaked online from a film festival last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone got a hold of the digital file and it went all over the internet. Mm-hmm. But bizarrely, uh, it being pirated all over the internet actually ended up giving it a lot of buzz because people who had seen it were starting to like say how great it was. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of led to it being picked up and stuff like that. So it's kind of kind of this weird, like, obviously that's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. it, it created this buzz about it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, like, uh, <clears throat> if there's any way to it, but, like, I've heard some people on podcasts kind of speculating that, like, 
oh, like they did that on purpose to specifically kind of drum up interest and buzz about it, which um, uh, I mean, to be fair, it's I I mean, you know, that could be definitely a way to you know, get people to talk about it. I mean, it could easily go the other way where, you know, people just watch it like, oh, what is this crap and never talk about it. But I guess if it gets in the hands of like the right people that can kind of, you know, start shouting across the Internet uh, that, you know, makes it become a thing. Um, I never heard about it like coming online. Uh, they, they, I was first exposed to it just um, when the trailer came out. I saw like a lot of people talking about it. And, mm. uh, the trailer hooked me right away. Like I, um, which is funny because you know the y you do like those static shots and stuff like in the trailer, and you know it's it's a much shorter version, but like it it does hook you like right away, and you are kind of like oh wow, like this looks so different and weird and disturbing that. Uh, I, I gotta check out what it is, but yeah, I think you know, just something as simple as giving in a little bit and just occasionally having like a two shot from behind to the kids. You have to show their faces because that's one of the big things in the movie is that you you basically yeah. never see a proper full face, right? It's always mm -hmm. uh, from behind, or when you do eventually see a face, there's kind of like you know some obscurity going on, and uh, mm -hmm. like just like maybe a little bit more dialogue between the kids to actually sort of like give us more of a story like context as the scene as it's progressing because you know, there's times where they won't be talking for a long time and then you get mm. a few sentences that sort of you know give you enough to try and get what's going on but it mm. is you know just a little bit more uh to kind of draw us in that's the thing yeah. is that when your film's being silent and that's okay if you're telling a story with the visuals and it's okay mm. if you have like a really sort of like almost nothing shot that's meant to be obscure but then that's when you have maybe dialogue kind of tell the story more. So the idea is that you're imagining mm -hmm. the context of the conversation because you don't have enough details of the visuals. So the idea that you mm -hmm. do one or the other. I think the problem sometimes with this for long periods is that it doesn't have either. It you know it won't have any dialogue yeah. and it won't have any sort of like discernible like image that you can make it and out of. Occasionally that something mm -hmm. will happen and they'll they'll do a thing where something disappears or something. But for the most part, you're staring at a door frame or you're staring at the edge of a couch or you're staring. Uh, uh, you know, a mm -hmm. few Lego bricks on the ground or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it and does just... It, it, it's kind of a bit of boring when it gets to those parts, unfortunately. Yeah. And, like, um, and also, like, sometimes, like, when there is dialogue, like, it's not always <laughs> the easiest to understand. I mean, luckily no. I'm watching this at home, so I can always, you know, like, rewind or put on subtitles if I need to, but, like... Yeah, you know, sometimes like if if you miss something or like sometimes, you know, you know someone's talking, but like you can't really understand it. But then it's like, oh wait, am I not supposed to understand it, or is it just because like I don't have it turned up enough? Like, should I try to make out what they're saying, or uh, is it supposed to just sound like muffled noises? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> also, there's actually some just burned in subtitles occasionally as well. Like some lines yeah, yeah, have yeah. subtitles no matter what, which. You know, it is a creative choice that was made mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that you can understand certain parts of information, <laughs> at the very least. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's tough to talk. I mean, obviously, a little bit. You know, we actually talk about the the spoilers and we talk about what we think is going on and uh, some some of the notable scenes in the movie because there's you know there's, there's a there's a great final image to the movie. There's a great jump scare near the end. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, there's a couple of really good sequences in here, mm -hmm. um, but. Yeah, so I don't know. I think we, there's not much more we can say. I don't think without going into the the, the plot and stuff. So mm -hmm. I guess we'll we'll give the spoiler warning, and we'll dive into 
the movie. So you've been warned. Um, no, let's just open the uh, spoiler door for a sec. Where did it, where'd it go? <laughs> That's why usually the... the spoiler door is right here. It's I don't. That's one of the first uh, weird things that happens, isn't it? Is that there's like a door frame that just disappears and becomes a wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that happens quite early on. Yeah. Uh, honestly, there's no way I we think... can go. There's no way we can go through this movie in order. I'm never going to remember the order of the events <laughs> properly. It's never happening. Yeah. And I'll say the the only like really the the thing I only really knew about the plot just from like reading synopses or like hearing people talk about it before I actually watched it myself is that I heard people say that it was about uh, two kids who wake up like one day and their parents are missing and all like the doors and windows of their house have disappeared. So they're basically like stuck in kind of like this one area of the house and that there's like a voice that kind of keeps beckoning them to, uh, I, I, th I think, uh, when I originally going in, I thought it was like, there was like a voice upstairs that was beckoning them to come, which isn't exactly accurate. Like there is a voice, but it's not just like specifically, you know, contained into one place, but. That's basically like what I knew coming in. Yeah, well, I mean, just to sort of break down the 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 broad strokes of what's actually going on is, uh, there's two young kids, six and four, a six year old girl mm -hmm. named Kayla and a four year old named Kevin, and we hear their dad on the phone near the start saying that Kevin fell down the stairs, uh, or at least that's what he was told by the sister, by Kayla, and that he was sleepwalking. Um, that's the only thing we ever really hear from the dad, and then he seems to disappear along with some of the, the windows and door frames and things like that. And the kids kind of end up like sleeping in the living room where the TV is and they're scared to go anywhere else. And then creepy stuff starts happening. There's a chair in the ceiling at one point and other stuff like that. Um, as the movie progresses, you know, Kayla's uh, led up to the, the, the parents' bedroom where some stuff happens. I won't get into it yet, but, uh, but fundamentally it feels like there's an entity in this house that is seems to have killed the parents and is going to, is coming after the kids and we're in spoilers so you know i'll just sort of keep going here and you know ultimately seems to kill kayla and then eventually kind of just keeps torturing this four-year-old boy uh for the rest of the movie and you know Which, i guess is like a low like 572 days <laughs> yeah yeah there's a there's a the, yeah, we'll get to that like i feel like i don't know how you just interject that <laughs> um no so that's the broad strokes of it, right? Um, mm. I was thinking early on, because it really focused on this idea of like, the mum was already gone and now they're worried that they can't find their dad. And I think one of them has the line, maybe he w he went with mum. And it made me, mm -hmm. it really sounded to me like the mother was already dead and that they were worried that the dad was dead. And I was, I thought this was a movie about like a, a dad who had committed suicide because his wife had already died for some reason. Um, oh, yeah. And you know, I was thinking, oh, this is about the horror of being left alone with uh, with no parents. Um, mm. You know, not, not that that's literally what's happening, but more just that that's what it represented, and that this was all like the like how dreadful it would feel if you're a little child and you're scared mm. and you're alone, you're hearing noises in the house because you know kids think they hear monsters in the house. That's just like a you know a mm. thing. That's just think something that kids do. So that, that's what I was kind of getting from that. But we'll, we'll get into the specific big moments. Uh, you know, uh, so. I mean, the first big thing really is that a voice like calls Kayla up to the the parents' bedroom, and we get maybe the best scene in the movie in the bedroom, mm -hmm. I would say. Oh yeah, um, just to actually uh, something I, I just wanted to bring up before before we kind of move on to there. Oh yeah. Um, 
is one thing uh, uh one thing i do want to give credit to the movie is i do think it does a really good job of like kind of putting you into that place of like yeah being a kid and kind of being scared of like being in like your own house like you know whether it's because you're alone or because it's at night or like you said because you like hear like a you know a, a noise or something like it like uh does a, a really good job of like putting you kind of into that headspace of uh, you know of a child um which i mean yeah you know probably a lot of that is because of like you know most of the movie is from it, it almost feels like a first person shooter or something like as like a child like everything is kind of like like low level to the ground uh and, and stuff but um yeah like that that's definitely one thing that uh i was pretty impressed by yeah the scene in the bedroom is really good though because it's uh so <laughs> kayla comes in and Again, I say Kayla comes in. We don't. We never see Kayla in this scene. Like it's kind of POV, I guess. But it's yeah. It's hard to kind of tell exactly. But it's it's it's, it's POV at least at a certain point because she sees her dad sitting on the edge of the bed, and it's like, well, where's he been? He, he's just sitting there. What's going on? And yeah. we hear the dad say, "Look under the bed," and she like goes to look under the bed, and it's just, it's just darkness. She can't see anything. She pops her head back up. He's still sitting there, and then she looks again, and when she pops her head back up. The dad's not there anymore, but on the opposite edge of the bed, on the other side, the mother seems to be sitting there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just, I mean, describing it doesn't even sound that good, but in the movie, it's quite <laughs> creepy. Like, when she pulls her head yeah. up and it's like a woman now sitting on the other side of the bed, it's actually a really creepy moment. And, like, eventually, does... the, the, the mother starts talking and says, uh, what does she say? She says, says something like, uh, you know, your father still loves you or something like that. I can't remember the exact words. <laughs> something, uh, yeah. Um, th- this is like, yeah, kind of one of the reasons why I do, I do want to go back and watch it again. Just because, um, yeah, I, I feel like there's stuff that easily uh, escaped my brain, uh, especially like kind of, the f- I forget how much I, I watched it that first night, but I was so tired. I, I don't know. Um, but there, it is funny, though, because it does remind me of... Um, like you were saying, like PT earlier, like it does feel like something like that you would have to do in that game where it's like, you know, look under the bed once and then look under the bed twice. And then it's like, you know, something changes that, you know, to bring about like a new scene to <laughs> keep going forward. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and again, this feeling that the bad things already happened and that these kids are mm-hmm. just like sort of trapped in this kind of not afterlife, but like just this nightmare of that they're, they're in. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know so the mother says yeah we love you or you know something ominous like that <laughs> i mean it sounds ominous <laughs> in the scene um but then like, the, the camera turns and looks into this sort of like pitch black open space in the closet so it's just like a void of mm-hmm. darkness and you just hear uh i think the mother says there's someone here uh, and this mm-hmm. is kind of the first indication that there's like a an, an entity in the house there's a, a presence of some kind mm-hmm. um and the mother like calls out uh, and like has moans of pain and is like is like crying and is like uh, kind of angry it kind of it kind of sounds like this entity's like killed the parents first right killed the mother first mm-hmm. then the dad and this is what kayla's hearing in this scene and it's like okay now you kids are really on your own and you're alone mm-hmm. with this monster whatever it may be um i was mm-hmm. i was also thinking that maybe you could sort of read this as kind of like a metaphor for like uh uh kind of like the idea of like depression spreading throughout like a family 
and the idea oh, sure. that you know if the mother was like suicidal and was depressed mm-hmm. and it kind of like made the, the dad also kind of like down and depressed and then you know maybe the kids are destined to kind of have those feelings because this is the the, the experience they're going through I, I don't know i was i was wondering if that was kind of the yeah, there could be something there like yeah. It, yeah stuff like that can definitely like, affect like everyone's mood and then yeah, like, a, as a partner, like, you know, you might not know how to deal with it, and then that can kind of, you know, give you some anxiety, depression. And then, like, as a kid, like, you might not know exactly what the ha- what's happening, but there's something wrong, so you kind of tiptoe around everything, and you don't really feel like you're necessarily, like, in on, like, what the problem is. And so I, I can definitely see, like, uh, there be something there being something to that. Yeah, I, I also considered as well that maybe, like, the dad was, like, uh, was abusive or something, and he, like, mm-hmm. killed the wife. Mm-hmm. Um and like th- this awful entity is like a representation of the monster that he really was. But again, I'm just kind of like reading these different things because I they feel like they're all possible as far as like a reading yeah. the movie goes. And as far as uh, I, I think what I've heard from like uh, the director <clears throat> is uh, I think he's been you know like one of those people that are that doesn't really like to. You know, which I, I think makes sense, like, you know, with this type of movie or whatever, but he's, he's like, not really giving, like, clear answers, like, oh, no, it's actually about this. Like, he kind of says, like, well, once you watch the movie, it's your movie now. Like, you know, whatever your inter- interpretation or what you think is going on, like, that's what's going on. Like, it's, you know, he's, like, one of those dudes. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I think that, you know, there's, yeah, that's, like, accurate. Like, you know, the way you interpret, like, the art or whatever, like... You know, whatever it means to you, uh, it, you know, is valid. It doesn't. You don't always need like these clear cut answers from the, the maker or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, if anyone like wants any like very specific, like, oh no, it's definitely about this, right? I don't think the director is going to give that to you. Yeah, uh, I mean David Lynch famously, if yeah, if there's some interviews with him yeah. where someone asks, <laughs> "Can you explain this thing at the end of this movie?" and he just goes, "No." <laughs> just, just point blank no you get nothing uh yeah so i mean kayla returns to kevin and just like wants to like basically barricade the hallway with the couch <laughs> to like, be like we're scared let's go and this part was a little confusing to me what happened exactly next um where like I, I legitimately didn't wasn't sure because so, so time, some time passes with the usual stuff that happens in the movie which is you know the some items disappearing uh, the TV's on. We're looking at the corners of like uh, door frames and stuff, and it feels like stuff starts. Well, I, I don't know if this, if I'm going too far ahead, but like you know, stuff starts popping up on the ceiling and or, you know, it's like sticking against the wall or whatever. I think there's one example of that here. I think there's like a doll around, maybe like a Barbie doll oh, yeah, yeah. around here that's on the ceiling, which is one of the most like shared images that's used in the marketing. Yeah, that shows up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, but. Kayla kind of disappears and Kevin's on his own and Kevin sort of is like called down into the basement and ultimately I didn't realize in the moment exactly if this was his sister Kayla because Kayla like you know so we see her turn around and she's like not got any eyes or a mouth it's, it's, it's and not that there's like holes where they were it's more like the skin's covering them now uh so it's kind of this creepy image but to be honest because there was no facial features and because obviously it's really dark and grainy and that's very you know as obscure as it can be i genuinely wasn't sure if this was kayla or the mum because like you could have told me it was an adult and i would have believed you like i really wasn't that sure Sure. Uh, it was when i went to actually read the uh the, the plot synopsis uh online that it made it clear that uh no this was kayla and well 
th- this was Kayla, and then later on, the the demon also. Or, well, I'm I'm saying demon. Like demon may not be the right term, but later on, the voice uh, like confirms it. Yeah, like, the voice says, yeah. you know, he did this to Kayla because she didn't do what she was told. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I don't think I got that she was like being asked to do something before this scene and didn't do it. I don't think I caught that. Do we? Yeah, I mean, do we know what he wanted her to do? Because I I, I, I remember specifically so. the demon saying, yeah. Um, I, I guess the way I kind of took it is like the demon probably asked her to do, or, or if it was something like, you know, she wasn't supposed to leave upstairs when the demon told her to, you know, come upstairs or whatever, that he was mad about that or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I assume it was something simple. Like she was supposed to go somewhere and she didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. But, um, it never, like, I never got that in like the build up to this reveal of her face. So the, mm-hmm. the reveal of her face was just kind of, I was like, well, okay, I guess that happened to her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, and again, I wasn't 100% sure it was her. I thought it might be the mum. I thought that might be what the mum looked like now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure if I watch it again, it'll be really obvious as a kid. But, like, in the moment, because it's, like, really grainy and scratchy and, uh, you know, it's obviously in darkness and all that. Like, and it's one of the few times yeah. you actually see the front of someone's face and it's not really a full face. You know, it's covered up by extra skin and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it is pretty good scare. I mean, to be fair, I guess, like... <laughs> You know, a- after so much of like, just like a lot of like long static shots, like you know, of just like walls and couches and toys and stuff, like anything that's not that is, is gonna like really like <laughs> spike it up. Um, I don't I don't know if that's like intentional to kind of try to elevate some of the scares by having so much no- nothingness like before them, but um, it- it's effective for sure. Yeah, uh, and then it does get really dark after this, though, because the voice actually... Because the voice at this point starts directly talking to Kevin, and I think this is maybe mm-hmm. the first time you really hear it. Well, no, you hear it saying, you know, uh, come upstairs to her, I suppose, earlier, yeah. but here it's a bit more in-depth, where he's, he tells Kevin to uh, get a knife out of the drawer and stab mm-hmm. himself, uh, which he seems to do. You, you never actually see, obviously, it happen. You see some blood, like, on, like, a, a counter or something mm-hmm. afterwards. You see, like, some blood dripping down somewhere. But of the actual... Of him himself, you, see, you get, like, one quick shot of him from behind. And it's almost like it's saying that that shot of him from behind is the moment when he stabs himself in the eye. But it never, yeah. like... You ever see the actual thing happening. It's just really intense in how it's, like, portrayed. Which, you know, is really... Dark. And it just moves on. You don't even hear him cry out afterwards. You don't hear him, like, be in pain or... Or anything like that. The movie just kind of continues with this assumption that he is like stuck a knife in his eye. You know, what's kind of funny is like, you know, I I mean, it, it, it's obviously very sad, and I feel bad for him. But like, um, I I didn't find that like that, you know, this part as affecting as I did the the phone call to like nine one one. Like that, mm. like <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt like so sad, uh, hearing just this like like you know little child's voice and and especially as like you know uh a father of like a young kid like it's hard not to kind of you know think of your kid in that situation and it's just like oh man like uh, I, I want him to get help so bad yeah that's what comes next is he like phones the police like this like you know and obviously it's a very abstract movie but part of he's like wait there's a phone sitting there the whole time you little shits <laughs> i didn't use it uh but he, he phones the, the well it might Am I wrong? Did they try before and it was just like dial tones? Like, could they not call someone or am I just uh, misremembering something? I don't remember that, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I could have missed that. 
<laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I, I, I could be wrong, but I mean, I mean, there's so many like shots of just like random things, and um, I don't know who knows. <laughs> Uh, but he he phones the police and says that he's been cut with a knife and he feels sick. And the person on the other li- line says, um, you know, ask some questions like, where are you? How old are you? And, the, the, you know, Kevin keeps whispering and, he's, and the person's like, why are you whispering? Is there someone in the room with you? That kind of thing. And it's just, we, we hear this all play out whilst we're basically just looking at a dark room. We don't see any, you know, him on the phone or anything like that. And it's kind of effective because, and I think the reason why this is more effective is that if you take it out of the context that we're in in the horror movie, is that this very much sounds like a kid phoning for help when he's in a house with an abusive adult of some kind, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And and that part of it feels very real. And that's like, and the person (laughs) on the phone's like, hey, there's grown ups coming to help you. Like, just stay on the line. There's grown ups coming. Mm. Um, But then, of course, the, uh, the, the entity turns the phone into like a kid's toy phone like it becomes like a, a phone with like <laughs> eyes and a mouth and stuff uh which i'll just mention it here that actually ends up being one of the best jump scares of the whole movie is right yeah. it's right <laughs> towards the, right before the end there's a shot where it cuts to this phone and then the eyes just move uh after a second and it sort of is accompanied with like a loud like phone ringing sound that just yeah. it really startles you and kind of wakes you up if you were if you were getting drowsy at that point in the movie that was going to wake you up uh yeah. so very good stuff that's the other thing like, I saw lots of people like you know tweeting out pictures of that phone and just being like you know f this phone and so <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny yeah uh, and it's around it's around here because uh the, the Kevin says did you do that and the the entity's like yeah I can do anything and uh <laughs> Kaylee didn't do what he, I told her to so I, I did what I did to her um and he insists that Kevin go upstairs which he does. And things get really weird here because he's kind of like, we've seen some items be on the ceiling before. Like we've seen like a chair on the ceiling. We've seen the, the doll on the ceiling. But here, like it's like Kevin's on the ceiling. So we're seeing like the, the, the tops of the door frames, but upside down as if we're walking on the ceiling with Kevin. And he goes into one of the rooms and it's like he goes through like a dark void. And we then see like a, what seems like an infinite hallway filled with all the toys that we've been seeing in the movie uh, with... That's and that's when the text comes up on screen, just saying five hundred and seventy some uh, seventy-two. Seventy-two. Five hundred and seventy-two days. Uh, so I don't know if this is saying that there's a time jump here, <laughs> and it's still going on after five hundred and seventy-two <laughs> days. Um, if you consider some of the theories that I was throwing around earlier, maybe if this was about when someone got sick or if the father did like do something to the mother, maybe this is saying it's five hundred and seventy-two days since the start of this like so the, mm-hmm. since the manifestation that led to all this i don't know um yeah. i honestly that um, 572 days is open to a lot of interpretation <laughs> yeah i i think it, no matter how you look at it though it's like um pretty horrifying just to think though of having to like live in with this situation for that long uh you know period whether it's yeah, like you're being stuck somewhere, or you're just being tormented by this thing. Like, I mean, I think that's what the you know the, the doors and windows disappearing is, and that feeling of being mm-hmm. trapped is like. If you're a kid, you you feel like you're trapped with whatever like adults you're saddled with, right? So if you're not yeah. if you're not in a good environment with the uh, good parents, and you feel uh, scared by them, or you've been kidnapped and you feel scared by them, you know whatever the situation is. If you if you're like four and six, you feel like you have no power, like you have no. Like escape feels impossible. It feels like you can't do anything. And I think that's kind of what that represents is that, not if not literal, but the idea that you feel trapped in a situation. That's what that is oh, going totally. for. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and a bad family situation would certainly fall under that. So, mm-hmm. but, it's not, but that's not to say that I am leaning towards that. Like, I think it's equally like a, a, an illness thing that's spread throughout mm-hmm. the family. I think it's, and when I say illness, I mean mental illness. I mean, like, you know, the mother, like, maybe committed suicide and that's led to, or, or just died and then that led mm-hmm. to the dad committing suicide, which, and that's what it represents. Or maybe it represents an abusive father who's done something to the wife and then the kids have felt mm-hmm. trapped with him or they've been left alone without them. Um, but it does feel like it's open to interpreting what it means. Like, obviously, literally in the movie, yeah. there is an entity. There is, like, a, an entity that's done something to the parents <laughs> and is now tormenting the children, specifically uh, Kevin, who's been left on his own, ultimately. Uh, but it does feel ripe for talking about and sort of, like, thinking about, oh, okay, what does this represent in the real world? Um, mm. And part of that, and I think that's why that phone call with the police is so real feeling is that that part of it feels like it is just out of a real situation despite the fact that the context is absurd oh, absolutely yeah uh, so yeah after after this part um we see a bunch of anyway, photos yeah and, and just to yeah i guess before we go like um, I, I guess maybe i'm not adding much but just the uh that shot of the hallway though like looked so cool <laughs> like oh um, shit go on yeah. yeah just the way it just like seemed to like stretch on forever and ever uh like that's um it's again, also just, like, one of the few shots in the movie that's not like a like looking at a weird corner or something you know, it's like just like exactly, a wide shot yeah. of this like hall with all these toys in a pile in the middle yeah like like i don't know if that like that like helps like set it apart but i mean uh, even without it though it's just like an example of like this is like good filmmaking like it feels so weird and dreamy and like i am I feel like I'm stuck in this hallway that is just going on forever and ever and ever. Yeah. It almost makes you wonder if it's implying that this entity goes around doing this to multiple families and that these toys are pilling up from different families that he's tormented or something like that. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. I know. Uh, but we see all these photos of, like, people, presumably family photos of the family, but, like, mm-hmm. parts of their faces are missing, or in most cases, I think their whole head's missing, but there's maybe one or two that it's, like, the uh, the, the, the daughter who's... It seems like the eyes are, like, are crossed out or missing or something, or, like... Yeah, it was, like... It was like it, no, it was kind of like what we saw earlier with her, but some of the... Like, other, just, like, no face. Yeah, like, but some of the other photos were more, like, the uh, Back to the Future, you know, when, like, Marty's, like, disappearing from the photo? Yeah. <laughs> like, some of them were just, like, missing a head or, or something yeah. like that. I don't know if it's maybe like implying how the entities killed some of them, like, maybe in different ways, mm-hmm. and... You know, the parents are missing their heads because he decapitated them or something. Maybe that's too literal yeah. of a read, but... Uh, yeah, the end... You know, and we see, like, just some obscure, like, blood spatter as if the the, the kid Kevin's being tortured and there's just, like, blood spattering mm-hmm. on the floor. Uh, but he keeps, like, sort of disappearing and coming back, which is interesting, actually, now I'm yeah. thinking about it. It's like, it's like yeah. a video glitch and then it disappears, but then it glitches back in. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, is that, like... I don't know what that... Re- I'm trying to think of a thing that that could be represented in. I'm not really sure. Mm. I got nothing. <laughs> like, uh, like because if this represents, like, mental torture and, like, mental pain and mental illness, is it the idea that it's, like, b- clicking in and out of reality because it's not visually really there, but we're seeing it kind mm-hmm. of, like, show through or something? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, am I boring you, Tim? A little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, so the I'm very tired. You know I'm tired. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, so uh, yeah, the the, uh, the end of the movie. Uh, although I'm just because I've I've got the uh, the plot description up at the side here because I mm-hmm. honestly I, 
I was worried that I was not going to remember <laughs> like moments, so I just I have it up next to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the things towards the end of the movie, though, uh, is so the yeah, the telephone eye thing, this blood spatter thing. You hear Kevin call out for his mother as if he's in danger, mm-hmm. which again kind of made me think of like a kid being abducted by someone and like wanting their mummy and that being like the the dread of this. And honestly, the mm-hmm. idea that this all just came about because this was because I, I think the director said this was like the most common type of dream that was submitted was the idea that you're a kid who's alone in a house and your parents aren't there. And yeah. that's really what where this came from. Is it just it seemed to be the most shared dream from childhood? Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, the final shot of the movie though is it's just a black screen, but you see kind of like a a very sort of obscure face kind of appears, a face of the entity, whatever it may be, and it's just a sort of a white blurry face in complete darkness, and uh, it it just tells Kevin to go to sleep. And I, I can't, again, going back to the mental illness thing, that kind of, it was, to me, that kind of sounded like it was saying, okay, give up, stop fighting, and just lose. Yeah. That's what that kind of sounded like to me, uh, if, I, if I'm reading into that. But he says, go to sleep, and then Kevin asks who it is, and the entity doesn't respond. It just mm-hmm. cuts to black. Uh, or does he fade away into darkness first, then it cuts to black? I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. I, either way, it doesn't give a, a response. It's just this... It, but that shot of just the face in the darkness is really great. And if anything, that's the thing that I was trying to kind of replicate a little bit with my fancy oh, yeah. camera <laughs> uh, thing going on right now. Yeah, it's it's funny because like out of context, if you just showed, you know, that scene, that like uh, a, a screenshot of that or whatever, people probably just be like, okay, it just looks like a blurry face or whatever. But in the context of the movie, it's so powerful from, you know, just you barely are seeing like any other people throughout the whole movie. And then yeah, every time you do, it's usually quick or like, yeah, it's someone with like a messed up face. So, and you've had like this, you know, creepy ominous voice uh, that's been so present. And then to finally get like a face to that, even if it is just, you know, like a very just blurry little thing, like it's, so so powerful i mean arguably it's the only it's the only face we see in the whole movie technically sure yeah (laughs) you know everyone else we never see their face they're always obscured or they're they're missing features or whatever this is the closest thing to an actual face from the front that we see the entire thing um and maybe that's the idea that uh like everyone in the movie couldn't literally could not face what they were going through and that's Uh, why all the faces are obscured uh, and missing and then we finally see this dude (laughs) <laughs> or whoever oh, very he is. nice yeah <laughs> I, I, like don't know. That. I don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm grasping at nothing there i don't know like i think that the thing with this movie is that i do i do love that it is this this passion project from a person who clearly you know for better and for worse this is the movie that that uh kyle edward ball wanted to make this is this is the, <laughs> this is the film he wanted to do is his artistic vision and it does feel unfiltered it feels very much just what it wants to be um it just may be a case that he's gone a little too far with some of the elements and that's a shame because like i'm not saying that he should like compromise it because it is working for some sure. people i am seeing some people yeah. praise it and kind of like, you know, it's clicking with some people and that's great mm-hmm. uh i i wish i clicked with it more than i did i think there's certain moments mm-hmm. you know that that face at the end the bedroom scene um most of the scenes where the entity's talking to one of the kids are, are mm-hmm. by and large pretty good um yeah. But yeah, there's there's just lots of moments. I mean, I guess you could take all the things this because obviously it's all the doors and window frames that all go at first mm-hmm. from the house. 
but then eventually some toys start disappearing some other items start disappearing the toilet seat disappears at one point oh yeah <laughs> i guess you could say it's like literally these this these kids world is literally being slowly ripped away from them so if they have a happy family life and now it's like being ripped away that they it's literally the objects in the house that are slowly disappearing and eventually it's just going to be them in this inevitable truth of this dark entity whatever it may be which again could represent a lot of different things uh depending on how you want to read into it but uh and you you just watched it today right yeah yeah i I finished it like 15 minutes before we came online uh yeah because one thing i'm curious about is i i've actually seen this like with multiple people that have kind of been like they've watched it you know and they'll be like oh screw this movie I, i hated it and like the next day they'll be like you know what, to give it credit, I, I am still thinking about it. Oh, and then yeah, like the next sure. day they're like, you know what? I think I actually kinda like it. Now that like like it gets trapped in your head. So uh, that's what that's one thing I'm kinda curious about, like um like revisiting it or, or even if even not revisiting it right away, just kinda letting it sink in and think about it more and more and to see if that will how that'll kinda uh, shape my opinion. Uh I know the I'm not in like a I'm not super excited to like go in and watch like the whole movie like you know start to finish again uh but it is something that I'm like you know I I wouldn't mind like throwing on this scene again or like yeah watching the ending again like uh because yeah the 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 scenes that are good um like the one a lot of the ones we point out uh are really (laughs) freaking good and like I I I do kind of want to experience them again um, yeah, I, I would. I forgot what I was going to say, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was something to go along with what you just said that I've just completely forgotten that yeah. I've, I've I've piped up. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's alright. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I mean that that's just uh yeah one thing I thought was interesting is it seems like um yeah not for everybody there are people that you know watch it don't like it and probably won't change their minds but uh, I definitely seen like a number of people that it's grown on them that. I certainly respect from. it. Like yeah. I, you know, I I think the experience oh, of watching it was yeah. really, you know, was kind of kind of frustrating at times. But like, I definitely respected all the good parts and kind of what it was going for. <laughs> Actually, the thing I was going to say, I just came back to me, is uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a little like I'm not sure how I'll feel on a rewatch if I do ever rewatch it. Part of me thinks mm-hmm. that maybe the bits that I found uh, like frustrating and boring to get through, like they'll be worse because it's like, oh, I'm here again and I'm yeah. I'm sitting yeah. through these minutes again. And part of me is like, no, nah, maybe I'll be more like locked into it because I've got a better idea of what the whole thing is, and I'll be kind of engrossed in it more and like paying attention for the smaller details to get a better understanding of it. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm genuinely not sure. Like, part of me, yeah. I won't watch it again anytime soon. I can tell you that much. But right. <laughs> it's the sort of thing where maybe in you know a few years' time, maybe I'll be like, you know what, maybe, maybe it's time to give this a revisit and see if it's grown on me, mm-hmm. because there are some movies that do that with you. Um. And certainly the ones that are a bit weirder and the ones that are a bit different, maybe you have to kind of like rework your brain a little bit to get on the same wavelength. <laughs> you know, like this this is totally, not function yeah. like a normal movie and you have to kind of accept that. I, I think that's the thing that's kind of weird to me though, is that this is clicking with a certain audience. And I feel like when it comes to movies like this, I tend to be in that certain audience when it clicks <laughs> with some people and not others. Uh, but I'm not in this case at least not fully right i'm definitely there's a disconnect because i do think some of it's a frustrating chore to get through yeah but parts of it do really work and i do love what it's going for so it's a very frustrating one to kind of sum up my thoughts as a whole on 
I know I've definitely had that feeling before where like I've looked at a movie and been like or or maybe not always a movie sometimes you know a book or a comic or a video game or something uh where I look at it and I'm like you know what? on paper this is like screaming like that it's for me <laughs> but just something about it doesn't click uh yeah. and uh sometimes that's like worse than just you know some stupid thing that you don't care about it's like no like i want to care about this i wish uh that this could be my thing but it's just it's not <laughs> yeah and i think it's clear that neither of us are are being like hateful to it because some people who see this have responded with i hate this you know i hate this movie oh, sure, you know? sure, yeah. like I, I am mad that i sat through that and i'm not like like not I, at all, if yeah. nothing else that this was interesting enough that i'm fa- i'm happy to have went through the experience once so that i can talk about it and Totally, uh, yeah. see the parts of it that i do really like but uh mm-hmm. so yeah i love that it exists but not all of it worked mm-hmm. for me at least on this first viewing maybe maybe it'll work better a second time but like i, I wouldn't be in a rush to see it a second time too soon because it is kind of a mm-hmm. it takes a lot out of you um maybe <laughs> it's the sort of thing where if you show it to someone else maybe you'll get into it in a, in a weird way as well although mm-hmm. i could see showing it to someone else like living or dying on how that person takes it if that person gets frustrated <laughs> after 10 minutes and says this is terrible i hate this then i think yeah. that would color the rest of that experience and they just won't get into it and you won't get into it now either because you're, you're with someone who's complaining <laughs> about it uh versus someone who's like kind of sucked into it and whatever i i did i do almost wish i got a chance to see this in a theater where there really was no distractions and i was just like surrounded Me... by darkness yeah i, I was kind of thinking the same thing because i you know I, I hate to admit it but you know there, there are definitely times when you know, I, I could feel like my hand creeping to the cell phone, and be like, like, mm. no, I want, I want to say and pay attention, but then it's like your mind starts to wander a bit or something, and because uh, yeah, honestly, I, I, my favorite thing about going to the movies, honestly, like obviously the big screen's great, the, the big sound mm-hmm. system's great. My favorite thing about it though is just this, like, I will pay attention no matter how bad the movie is. Like, absolutely, I, I've made this deal to sit in a dark room with strangers and pay attention to the movie, and there's no talking, there's no looking at the phone. And it mm-hmm. there's this like weird, like setting you put yourself in where it just like you, I never even think about looking at a phone when I'm in a movie theater. And people who do are scum and <laughs> should should be let I, out on a leash. <laughs> yeah, it, it it baffles my mind that they're like, I I feel like it's like every time I go to the movie, there's always like at least one person that's like either on their phone or just very like blatantly loudly talking to their friend or whatever. And I'm just like I don't. It's like, how are you okay with this? <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's so silly. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think this would have been a good theater to watch. As much as I can see why people would say, oh, watch it, you know, home alone on a, a laptop mm-hmm. screen in your lap in bed with headphones on at night at, like, mm-hmm. 3 in the morning. I get why people would recommend that, but mm-hmm. I almost feel like the experience of, like, just being, like... I almost feel like I'd be more unnerved being surrounded by strangers watching this than I am at any point, oh, for sure. sitting watching it on my mm-hmm. own. So, yeah, uh, that was an interesting one to talk about. I mean, I'll <laughs> for sure. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to rate this, Tim. Uh, do 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 you have an uh, an inkling? I I think so. <laughs> it's um. Uh, I mean, I will say that I think it is very hard to rate. <laughs> um, <laughs> the I, I think the number I'm kind of floating around is like a, a six, like sure, yeah. Where, because you know, I'm, I'm definitely more positive on it than I am negative. 
Um, and there is like, you know, enough cool stuff there and, and, you know, it's different enough. It's an experience. It's experimental. Um, you know, it's made by someone who's clearly passionate. So I think there's lots of reasons to check it out. Um, but yeah, just the, the, again, the act of watching it is, uh, kind of rough. Uh, it does feel like a chore at times and it can be, uh, a little bit of a, you know, battle of endurance. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you're someone that, uh, is able to, you know, make it through that, I think you will get rewarded with like some really cool stuff. And it's, uh, and again, it's, you know, going to be very different than a lot of things that you're used to. So, um, if you're like anti art house, like then you don't want to go near it with like, Oh yeah. Stay away know, at all. <laughs> Stay far. If you're someone who thinks like, uh, mm. you know, even the witch was too like slow in art house, like you're going yeah. to absolutely <laughs> despise this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I always hate stuff like this because like, you know, there'll be like scenes that are really like tense and you'd be like, Oh man, this is like one of the creepiest things I've seen in a while. And then that always like, there are always those people there that will take that as a challenge. So, you know, there's like some meatheads that are probably seeing this going like, Oh, people think it's so scary. And then they watch and go, that wasn't scary. That was stupid. And like, it's like, Oh, you're already not meeting like the, the movie on its own terms, but, uh, whatever. Um, I don't know. It, it's very strange. I, I feel like, I feel like a six is the right score, but it does feel like a little low, uh, which is, I don't know, kind of weird, but I think that's where I'm going to go with uh, with it, at least for right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm hovering around a six as well. Uh, and I wish it was higher. This, this felt like the sort of movie that I could have loved, like I could have been like really passionate yeah, about yeah. and like for all the reasons that I've, I've kind of mentioned. But uh, I think right now it's this at a six. Maybe in time it'll go up. Maybe I'll think about it more. Maybe I'll see it again in the future. And maybe I'll, you know, the fact that I'm thinking it has a chance of doing that is worth something. Like that is, you know, this is yeah. not some movie that I'm going to just forget about. Like it is definitely an experience. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess that'll uh, do skin him a rink. Um, no, let me, let me ask you this just for a, like a little food for thought. Uh-huh. Um, like how excited does this make you for like the director's next project? Like, are you a little like are you absolutely 100 percent on board can't wait to see what he does next or are you like well we'll see but I'm, i don't know i'm a little timid about it or something i'd say i'm on board i would say that i'd be fascinated to see what he does next and see if like how he progresses as a filmmaker yeah i i think i think i'd be curious to see what he does next um so yeah, me too like even though you know it does 100 percent work like he's clearly someone with a vision that I'm, you know, I'd, I'd much rather see what, what interesting thing he's going to do next versus, uh, you know, William Brent whatever. Bell or something, you know, someone like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's doing another boy or orphan movie, I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Also, a little note is uh, the title comes from an old song, uh, like a kid's song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which they I, never, like, play it at all, though. Huh? No, I assume maybe that one's copyright because they make a point of saying mm -hmm. all the cartoons in the movie are uh, public domain at the start. Oh, right, right, <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. You know, because unsurprisingly, they couldn't afford to license, uh, you know, famous stuff. But um, mm. one of the little details that I read uh, online was that uh, the, the spelling of the the, the, the movie is different from the song, though. Uh, he picked oh, it. For, he picked it for a few reasons. It's kind of, it kind of like associated with childhood. It was kind of a personal thing, and mm. it had a good sound to it, and whatever. 
Um, but he changed the, the spelling slightly, and the reason for that is because he didn't want kids searching for the song and finding his movie by accident. Oh. And all I could all I could think of was like, no kid in twenty twenty three is searching for <laughs> this song. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, it's a nice sentiment, though. Like, I, you know, it's a, it's a nice guy thing to do. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't think you had to worry about it to be honest. But mm-hmm. fair enough. <clears throat> uh, I I could be wrong, but I think. I don't. Know, I don't know if you you read this or saw this too, but did they say that he filmed it in like his old family house? Oh yeah, yeah. It was his own childhood home. Yeah. In fact, a lot of the toys that are in the movie were like toys <laughs> that his parents had kept from his childhood. That's and, another thing that's like really cool about it. It's like, oh, like this is like this must be so personal <laughs> for you. Oh like, yeah, and he, had, he and he had a sister. You know, so the, the two kids are basically oh. him and his sister. <laughs> uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of personal touches, and it, it makes sense why. Uh, they could make it on 15 grand. And apparently, like, even yeah. the filming equipment was mostly borrowed from somewhere. Like, it was... <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what it's really, like, just getting by by the skin of your teeth kind of filmmaking and... Yeah. Uh, turning out something interesting and very unique. And I wouldn't say it all works. Uh, but the stuff that does work shows a lot of promise. And I hope that... Yeah. If we get something a little more refined uh, for a second film, which I assume that people are going to be, like, wanting them to work now. Like, people... I can imagine a studio giving them, you know, a few million dollars budget, for example. Oh, which for sure. Isn't a yeah. lot, but it'd be a huge step up from from this. So, uh, oh yeah, I heard. Uh, you know, James Gunn has his eye on him uh, for the next. Uh, I don't know, Birds of Prey <laughs> movie. Uh, yeah, Tim is making things up. He's talking nonsense. Uh, but. But it wouldn't shock me if like, he ends up making something at A24 or something like that. Like, if they, like, yeah, that hit... seems the most likely. Yeah, yeah so. No, that's, uh, that's cool. So, that's gonna my rink. Uh, hopefully we've we've helped talk through some of this. Um, <laughs> it, th- th- honestly, this may be the only movie in Streams After Midnight history that I got the plot description up on screen for when we were talking about it just so i had like a reference to look over and see kind of roughly what was happening next because <coughs> there was no way i was going to remember a lot of this uh no <laughs> even though it sounds straightforward when you actually just read the description out loud. <laughs> it's what i i mentioned that before like it is it's very different like it, it sounds so straightforward just reading the synopsis but actually watching the movie it feels like so different like yeah, I thought there was so much stuff that I missed, and then I was reading. I was like, "Oh no, I got that. I got that. I got that." I was like, "Okay, I guess I understood the movie. I didn't think I did, but yeah, uh, I know." So it's uh it's an interesting film, but uh, yep. Uh, I guess that's us. I guess that screams after midnight. Uh, you can let us know what you think of Skinner Rink in the comments if you wish. Uh, you can, of course, support all the content, support the show by going over to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us uh, for, you know, any amount, really. But at the $3 tier, you get access to the bonus episodes that we do uh, once a month. And at $5 or more, you get even more streams, which is a monthly show. Now, they're both on pause whilst Tim's away on paternity leave for mm-hmm. uh, a good portion of 2023. But there's a back catalogue, mm-hmm. which you get access to. Plus, you get bonus shows from other podcasts that we do on Male Fuzz movies, such as The Ace, The Atomic Cinema Experiment, our sci-fi movie podcast that I do with Tara, and The Collector's Cut that I do with David, uh, where we work through movie franchises and things like that. So, uh, go go check it out. You can support us that way. You can, of course, support us by liking, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications, or rating the podcast on iTunes, five stars, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, I will just uh, 
wrap up by thanking our Patreon producers for the month, so thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Al Treisman. Uh, and thank you to everyone who supports us um, on Patreon, or as a YouTube member, or has ever given us a super thanks on YouTube. All those things are greatly appreciated. Uh, but uh, that is us. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. And don't worry, our cameras will be back to normal for the next yeah, episode if you're watching the video version and think that was annoying. Um, I thought it was kind of a cute idea, but uh, yeah, your opinion may vary. But thank you very much for joining us. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time.